You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. You can be your best friend and their parent. I remember my mom saying, I bend over backwards for you and this is the way you treat me. A parent's natural instinct is to go into rescue mode. Dear young married couple, do you find yourself disconnected from your teens and even arguing constantly about the little things that seem big in the moment? If that's the case, or even if you have little kids and you find yourself frustrated and longing to connect with your kiddos, today we have an interview with somebody that's going to bring a lot of wisdom to the table. Welcome, Kristen Duke, to our podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to be here. Yes, Kristen is a mentor for parents, specifically parents of teens, but she has a lot of folks with little kids as well, um, preparing themselves for those years when they have teens. And today we're going to talk about how to connect with your teen and also to be a fun parent. I think that's something that gets thrown around a lot, Kristen. People talk about like, well, my goal is not to be a fun parent. My goal is to protect you or something along those lines. Can you talk about people who challenge this concept in your audience? Sure. You know, I think that the quote that I hear often is, I'm not here to be their best friend. I'm here to be their parent. And I want to say, you can be their best friend and their parent. Mm -hmm. Why not have both? It doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think a lot of people think if I'm their friend, if I'm too fun, then they're not going to take me seriously or they're not going to obey the rules or they're not going to, you know, live within the parameters that right. we've set for them. And so, yeah, you know, I just say, if you want to connect with your teeth, if you want them to come to you when they're sad or lonely or upset, they, they have to trust you. And in order to trust you, a lot of that is being fun, doing fun things with them from spontaneous, silly things to going out to lunch one-on-one to family vacations and finding ways, little ways to connect. That's something that I talk about a lot is how to connect in a variety of ways in unexpected ways sometimes maybe. Mm. Nice. Okay. So you have this concept of scheduling some time in to be with your teens and connect, but also some unexpected or unplanned spontaneous ways. So let's kind of tackle both of those. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Well, and, and before we jump in there, um, tell me from your perspective, because we don't have teens yet. Right. Like yeah. we're, we're in the beginning stages of trying to make teens. Right. Um, <laughs> but so we're like in this, we are in that kind of fun, silly phase, mm-hmm. you know, where everything's funny and silly. And um, it's maybe easier for people to be fun, I would think. With little kids. But yeah. do you yeah. find that parents start shutting that off as and shutting off the spontaneity, shutting off the intentionality once the kids get into teenhood? For sure. And I think part of it is some teenagers are maybe a little bit more standoffish, like, ah, you're being kind of weird. I mean, lately the word that I like to say is 
some of them are saying parents are cringy, cringy. <laughs> you know, that's a word <laughs> yeah. that a lot of teens are saying, yes. you know, and I remember when I was younger and my, my mom started using some of the lingo that I was using and I was like, no mom, don't say that. And that's a little bit of what it is. And so I think some parents <laughs> get their feelings hurt a little too easily. And I'm a pretty mm. sensitive person. So I get my feelings hurt easily. And I had to remind myself, it's not about, it's not about me. Like, it's okay mm. for them to be annoyed with, um, okay, I've got this sun coming in my eye now all of a sudden. Oh. It's okay to be annoyed. <laughs> Allow them to be annoyed. Allow them to have space to have words to themselves or whatever. So part of it is parents shut off because their kids are a little bit, you know, put, maybe putting a little bit of distance there. And so mm-hmm. I think they're like, well, I don't, I can't have fun with them because they're annoyed with me. So I'm just not mm-hmm. going to try, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. Another part of it is I think parents of teenagers are, mid forties, they're tired. Right. And Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're, you don't have to carry around a toddler. You don't have to put him in a seatbelt. And so, um, you know, the physical part's gone, but the emotional part of parenting a teenager is really stressful and, you know, they're driving and they're dating and they're doing these things that you don't have as much control because they're leaving your house. And so there's, uh, there's just a little bit more tension, I think. And so I think that, you know, the reminder of, you know, one of the things I like to tell people is, you know, step into their world. If you don't know how to have fun, you know, do they love video games? A lot of teenage boys love video games and moms are like, I don't know. I don't like video games. I don't like video games either. But my (laughs) boys, when they were home and had teens, they were their teens, they love video games. And so Uh I would just ask them about them. Sometimes I would sit and play. Sometimes I would just sit and watch them. It's not enjoyable for me, but it's a way to connect with them in something that they love and enjoy. Yeah. And so um, that's being a fun mom is just asking about it. Or, you know, if they're into soccer and follow different soccer videos or Google, you can search for memes, you know, uh-huh. funny soccer meme. You can Google and just say, hey, I found this. You can connect and be fun through sending a text or finding a video or, hey, what did you see that was funny today? I'd love to see, you know, what you're into and have them show you. Those are unexpected ways that I think of being a fun mom Um, or even just, you know, you get into like a little joke with each other. Um, We had an island, we have an island in our kitchen and just kind of like jokingly chase them around the island. Like you're in trouble, you know, kind of Uh silly voice. Like, I can't believe you did that. And, Uh you know, they could just kind of a little banter back and forth. Mm -hmm. And, um, I could never actually catch my boys, but I would kind of pretend to chase them around. Like, I'm going to, you're, you're in trouble. I'm going to, I don't know. Swat yeah, making it playful. Like yeah. Be a little playful with it. So yeah. really what I'm hearing though, is like creating a, a different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Cause what you, you, you said earlier that really stood out to me is that, you know, it could be stressful and there could be tension. And so, okay. Just applying this to marriage, stress and tension are not, fun. Right. And I don't right. really want to be in a stressful intention. Like I don't want to be around that. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's if hard. I have options out there, why would I stay here? Yeah. Right. Well, and that's what your kids is, are feeling. Yeah. Yeah. True. And a lot of times I say, Oh, you know, give them hugs or scratch them on the back. And some people are like, my teenagers don't want to be touched. And so you kind of try trial and error, right? Some of my kids like the back scratch. Some of them mm. don't like it so much. And um, another thing I was thinking is, you know, find a series that you can watch together on Netflix or something, you know, even just sitting next to each other on the couch, not talking about anything is a way to connect 
and be fun at the same time, even if you're not actually playing or talking or doing something like that. You're sharing and enjoying something together. The shoulder to shoulder time, we call it. And that's the same. I I like the parallel with a spouse. You know, you want to create that camaraderie that's not always eye to eye, but it's shoulder to shoulder. It's being in each other's presence. Sometimes it's playful. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Okay. So you've kind of discuss a little bit more of creating that atmosphere, the spontaneity. Um, talk about quality time and the intentionality it requires to plan that sometimes with a teen. Yeah. So I actually, I have a podcast that I did several years ago. I did it for about two years and then the pandemic and then I just stopped. Um, okay. But I interviewed a bunch of people. One of the interviews that stuck out to me was a girl whose name I can't remember, but I think her Instagram is 10 minutes together. And she was a really big advocate for, it doesn't have to be an hour. It can be Mm -hmm. 10 minutes, you know? And sometimes that means setting an alarm on your phone for, okay, they get home at five o'clock. I'm going to give them 15 minutes to just kind of do their own thing at 515. I'm just going to go down and say, Hey, tell me about your day. And you know, I, that's a whole other topic of getting creative with the questions that you ask too, because sometimes they're like, how was your day? Good. Tell me about your day. It was fine. Okay. (laughs) You know, you know, being creative, like who did you sit with at lunch or what happened in your history class? You know, being asking those, some of those specific questions, but sometimes it means setting an alarm on your phone to specifically connect. And, um, you know, we really try and have family dinner so that we can connect together as a family every night. And we do this thing and uh, we'll talk a little bit about my freebie, I think at the end, but in the intentional connection playbook, one of the things I have in there is it's called Rose, Bud and Thorn. And we sit at the dinner table and we talk about Rose, which is a positive thing that happened. Um, Thorn is a not so positive thing that happened. And um, Bud is what are you looking forward to tomorrow? And that's a way to have conversation. My kids kind of know to expect it. You can, some people do the highs and the lows or the peaks and the valleys, you know, whatever you want to call it Uh to where they know what to expect. And okay, this is not new. I think sometimes when you come up with a question, they're like, I don't know how to answer that. But uh-huh. um, when it's kind of expected, they're like, okay. And, and I, 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 I like talking about positives and negatives. I think it's helpful to be able to allow them to express the emotions. The whole For family sure. kind of knows, oh, that's a negative thing that happened. And, you know, how to respond yeah. to that and follow well, up on that in the future. Good. It seems like you're teaching emotional awareness and emotional right. intelligence. That's Which, my hope. <laughs> right. Well, that presupposes, though, that the parent has worked on themselves enough to be able to teach something like that. Yeah. And be able to talk through those things and, and normalize yeah. bad, bad things happening in a day. Yes. And it doesn't mean it's a bad day. It just was a rough moment. But no, I, right. you know, for as much as I, I try to talk about emotional intelligence, I do have a child that's like, I don't like to talk about my emotions. I know, but it's really healthy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So there's some pushback still, even for someone who talks about it a lot. So that, okay. So you said something earlier that kind of tags into what you just said is parents need to be thick skinned. And for sure. <laughs> if, if a young person that you've grown up, you know, you've, you've raised since a little child and you've grown to love, we, we tend to love things that we've poured a lot of time into. So right. we've put all this intentionality and time and, and now this child now has their own will and they may reject you or not, not reject you outright, but like not want to talk to you right there because mm-hmm. they don't understand yeah. their own emotions. 
That yeah. really takes a lot of uh, like self-control to either stay with it or know when to like, okay, well, I'll come back maybe when you do want to talk or can you let me know when would be a better time to talk? Like what right. are the things that you would do to like encourage parents, you know, when you're coaching them to, to maybe put on a little bit of thicker skin and not get their feelings hurt? Right. You know, it, it, I am a very sensitive person. I am someone who gets my feelings hurt easily. So it's when I'm reminding my audience, I am reminding myself as well because yeah. sometimes I'm just like, fine, you don't want to talk to me. <laughs> and, and then I'm like, okay, go back. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate of apologizing too. And so there's a lot mm-hmm. of, yes. sorry, I was grumpy earlier. I didn't handle that well. And I would like to talk to you. I understand if you don't want to talk now, can I come back in an hour? And, um, I have a child who's like, I don't, you know, I don't want to talk about it now. Can I come back in an hour? Maybe. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm just going to, I'll check back in an hour and see. And yeah. I kind of found the next day, but then I forget the next day. So I really do have to think, uh, I've just said on my phone for 24 hours. From sure. Now, you know, because you provide, you, yeah, you provide that sense of safety to them if they know, like, mom's going to come back and follow right. up with what she said she was going to do. That's kind of the hope is that they know that they're going to do that. But, you know, one thing I talked about um, is, it, is a lot of times with teenagers, they seem ungrateful. And I'm doing the air quotes here for those that are just listening. Um, and parents, get so disarmed about the fact that I do all these things for you. I bring your lunch to school when you forget it. I make dinner for you every night. Parents want to do the laundry list of, I do this, this, and this, and you are so ungrateful. And you do nothing. I don't want to talk to you. (laughs) Yes. You know, because they're getting their feelings hurt. And when you're doing that, you're shaming your child. And that's something that I've really tried to help parents understand because um, their feelings hurt. And I actually have a friend who I shared, I shared this video last year. I, I involved my girls. My boys have graduated. They're out of the house now, but my girls are around. And so when I share things with my audience, I try to make little videos to help them kind of see what's, you know, examples, you know, real uh-huh. life role playing or whatever. And so one of the videos that I made reminded me of, you know, my parents are awesome. And when I was a teenager, I didn't want to talk about things and I kept to myself and my mom got her feelings hurt. And I remember something that she said, it still sticks with me. I feel like I was a good teenager. I, I didn't do drugs. I didn't drink. I was like a good kid, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't want to share what was going on in my life. I wanted to keep to myself. And so um, I remember my mom saying, I bend over backwards for you. And this is the way you treat me. And I was like, <laughs> and I heard that phrase a lot. And I remember being like, I remember thinking in my head, like, you know, the gymnastics move, like my mom bending over backwards, you know, that's actually not <laughs> happening. You're envisioning but, her actually <laughs> bending over backwards. Yes. And I remember being so annoyed by it, but deep down it was like, she's telling me I'm a terrible person. You mm. know, she's telling me I'm so ungrateful when I felt, I felt grateful for the things that she did. And I probably didn't voice it as much. And so my unwillingness to be open. I wasn't even talking back. I wasn't, you know, swearing. I wasn't slamming doors, but my unwillingness to be open seemed ungrateful to her. Mm. And so that's something I've talked about a lot. And I I remember when I shared that video last fall, so many people are like, I say that to my kids Mm. and they're like, thank you for pointing that out because I find myself saying that I find myself getting my feelings hurt 
and basically t- shaming them into trying to get them to open up or whatever. And that's just not how it works. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So what, Kristen, would be an alternative? Well, I think we're talking on two different tracks here. A, an alternative to discussing the closed down aspect that teens find themselves in. But B, teaching gratitude the right way. So if we can maybe talk about both of those. So first, yeah. how do you address a teen that is closed down? You know, I think it's just being patient and allowing them space to say, no, thank you. (laughs) I don't want to share. And that's hard for me because I do feel like I I have a pretty connected relationship I have had with my kids. And um, how old are your kids, by the way? What are they? So my oldest. Yeah, that's good. That's good. My oldest is my boys are 21 and 19, I think. Um, (laughs) And so they're, you know, they moved out They're um, college age. And then my girls, um, are 17 and 13. So, okay. um, my oldest just started her senior year of high school today. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, um, yeah. it's, it's fun. There's all sorts of fun things that go along with it. And, um, <laughs> it's hilarious I, because I you, you it. got, you got the boy experience, two boys, yeah. and then you got the girl experience. Yeah. Completely <laughs> you know, separate. I really try not to generalize the, oh, boys are this way and girls are this way because I had one boy who was more closed off and one boy who was more open. And I feel Mm. with my girls, one girl that's more closed off and one girl that's more open. Uh So, uh, you know, one of my sons is very talkative and he had lots of things to say. So I feel like people say, oh, boys just don't talk or they don't have anything to say. I'm like, no. That's, it depends on the their personality, yeah. their emotional regulation. Yes. Okay. So for, for you, um, for your two children, one boy, one girl that, that are more closed, yeah. it was a matter of just allowing them that space to say no, thank you. And to be patient. Do you find that as you're patient and you give them that space to say no, thank you. Do they come around and want to chat more eventually? Yes. I will give the short answer first. Yes. And, and not necessarily all the time, but I have found, um, as I have practiced, okay, if you don't want to talk about it, that's okay. Cause it, it hurts to see them hurt and upset and you know, something's wrong mm-hmm. and you know how beneficial it is to talk about it, but they're not wanting to talk about it. So I have found that, um, yes, or I've said, Hey, I don't know if you want to talk to your dad about it, or if you talk to a friend or someone else, like, I want you to talk to someone. I would love mm-hmm. for it to be me. But if it's yeah. not me, what I care about more is you. That's good. Talking through it with someone than it being me. Giving them so, the option so that they yeah. feel empowered to make the decision as you, an independent you know, person. So, I mean, I haven't thought a lot about parenting teens, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> oh, trying. Okay. I'm glad you're I, thinking about it. I'm <laughs> just so happy to be out of diapers. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a good face too. Yeah. But the things that I'm really hearing is so many parallels to a relationship in a marriage. Yeah. There really is. For sure. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, giving that space. But when you do ask them to open up, I wonder how many parents, especially yeah, parents, because we're used to fixing things. Mm-hmm. We used oh, to, for sure. we're, we're used to when they were in diapers, you know, like, oh, well, they're crying. What, what do they need? Well, they need a bottle. They need to be changed. You like, we go in to fix it. Mm-hmm. Or just a hug. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I wonder like how many parents too are, you see pain, ask oh, them to talk, so talk about it. And then they get halfway into their talk about it. Yeah. And they, and they like, 
try to fix it. Here are all the things that you're doing wrong in your life. Let me fix, you know, you should probably do this and this and this and mm. cut this person off. And Right. Yeah. Well, even just yesterday, I, I, the topic that I brought up in last week was, you know, how to respond when your team says, I hate you is mm. one of them. And mm-hmm. how to respond when your team says, I hate myself. You know, there's, those are two so hurtful for parents and there's so much going into it. But just yesterday it was, you know, how to respond when they say, I hate myself or I don't have any friends or nobody likes me or I'm fat, you know, all these terrible things that may or may not be true, but they're thinking it. And a parent's natural instinct is to go into rescue mode and rescue mode is that's not true. I love you. You're Parents, your grandparents love you. So many people love you. Or you have so many great, like you start listing all of the reasons why it's not true. And you go into this rescue or reassuring mode. And that is our natural instinct. And it's not what they need to hear in that moment. And what they need to hear is, I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You feel, you know, I'm still learning really like, you know, I'm sad you're feeling this way. Tell me more about it. What, what makes you feel this way? Or, you know, getting yeah. curious and asking the questions to help them. Like the ideal is to help them come to the conclusion where they see the good things about themselves, not That's have good. it pointed out by mommy. You know, I'm just going to say right. mommy because right. everyone knows that their mom loves them. And, and people, a kid, teens will say, you're just saying that because you're my mom. So that's what they're thinking in the back of their head. You're just saying that because you're my mom. But all of these other people view me differently. Yeah. And so it doesn't really help as the parent to list off the wonderful things about them. Right. It's kind of guiding them through question asking of um, helping them to see the good in themselves. That's and good. It's, tr- it's tricky. Yeah. Totally. It's like you're coaching. You're not rescuing. You're coaching. You're coming yeah. alongside and asking good questions. What are some of those good questions that you have found yourself asking or you've taught other parents to ask when it comes to yeah. not rescuing, but just kind of coming alongside? We'll be right back to the interview. But first, we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. You know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And monthly live date night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. We focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a QA and a and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, We have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in. But we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right, back to the interview. Yeah, you know, I think you think about the therapist and you see the movies or people have been in therapy and they say, how does that make you feel? Uh You know, a sense of that is really a big part of it of, Uh you know, let's get to the core of, you know, do people really hate you or are you being ignored? You know, helping them identify a hundred different descriptive words instead of two good or bad, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's part of it. How does it make you feel? Or, you know, Let's talk more about, you know, I guess we could just pinpoint something like, I don't have any friends, you know, 
or nobody likes me or something like that and uh-huh. say, um, let's talk about your good quality. What, what do you see in yourself that is a good quality, you know, help them nice. say, well, you know, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm friendly or, or whatever, and kind of help, help them dig out the positive qualities. And you know what, and, and then there is a time and space for saying, for sharing your own shared experience. And, and that's what's hard for, I, I have a hard time with that too. Sometimes I want to share it right away. And sometimes I think, I should just share it a little bit later because like you want to make it about them. And sometimes right. I'm trying to be relatable and say, let me tell you about a time when I didn't have any friends, you know, um. <laughs> and it, it does, it doesn't feel as relatable to them for some reason. Yeah. So I think you can't like, there's a time for it, but yeah. not, maybe not in the moment where they're lamenting. That's um, good. Right. I totally. Like son, let me tell, tell you a parable. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks dad, but not ready. <laughs> Right. I, I like to, I used to teach a class of teenagers and I would say, and they were freshmen. And I said, you know, let me tell you about the first day of high school for me. And, um, I had just moved to a new place. I had zero friends. And I said, I, the first week of my high school, I ate lunch in a bathroom stall because I didn't know anyone. And I don't want to walk around. So I, I kind of, it's helpful at some point to share those stories. You know, maybe it's sure. family dinner when you're all just kind of sharing random things. But in the moment when they're like, I didn't sit by anybody at school today or yeah. at lunch today, maybe not be the best time for that. You kind of sometimes right. it's fine too, but if they just, just need let, you oh, to let, emotionally, let yeah, they need you to validate. come alongside them yeah. emotionally and validate them. And uh, they could potentially still be flooded if they're in heightened emotion state. And so yeah. they're not going to receive your stories very well if they're flooded. Yeah. So really right. just validating first and then once they yeah. feel connected, maybe sharing a story and, and maybe asking permission too. like, is now a good time to share a story about when I experienced something like that? Right. I know that's great. And I think advice giving is something that we talk about a lot too, because teens are not interested in your advice. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what I think you should do. And, yeah. and honestly, offering too much advice, especially in the moment is it, 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 it helps them feel less competent. And so, um, offering advice is tricky. And so I'm often saying, would you like to hear my advice? That's good. They may 50, 50, they're likely going to say no. And (laughs) there is a level of respect and trust that is gained when they say no. And you say, okay, let me know if you change your mind. And sometimes an hour later, I'll say, would you like to hear my advice now? No. Mm -hmm. Okay. Love you. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 here, the hard part is not reacting to them, not wanting to hear it. Yeah. I I think that if we could, as parents, just without um, making them pay the consequences, right? Like, well, then I'm going to shun you for not listening to, I'm going to, I'm going to punish you right now for, with my bad attitude, because you don't want to listen to, you know, what I think you should do. Right. And there, there's a decent amount of that emotional punishment because parents are getting the feelings hurt. We have so much wisdom to impart. We have lived life, you know, and they don't always get it. Sometimes you just got to, there are times when you say, I don't care that, that you don't want my advice. I'm going to offer it, you know? Yeah. And I think if there's the balance of, right. of that and being respectful at other times, say, I know you don't want my advice. However, you know, I, mm-hmm. one of my daughters, um, you know, there's a lot of texting that goes on and, and kids share a lot more texting. And she had a friend that was super sad and um, she was sharing with me some of the things in her text. And I was like, wow, 
I'm a little concerned about your friend. I didn't know her mom. Um, and I said, she's like, don't, don't share with her mom or anything. I said, I, I'm not going to, but if it ever gets to a point where I'm concerned, we have to do like, we have to like for her safety. For her or, safety. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to help my, I think she was 12 at the time, but I was trying to help her understand. Um, I totally agree with you sharing with me and, you know, I want you to trust me, but um, if, if it's a concern for her safety, then, then I want you to tell me and we need yeah. to. Yeah. There's a hard balance there. And it's the same as a therapist. You know, we have, we're mandated reporters. And even though we want to maintain confidentiality and build that rapport with a client and make it that safe space, we ultimately have to watch out for their safety. And also being a good friend, you could teach, I mean, this is a good lesson for the teen to learn. Right. As a being a good friend is being vulnerable. And even like it makes you vulnerable to bring in other people like without their permission because, because of you're safety. trying to protect them. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of tricky life, life skills that, that come out for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Really would be. Okay. So back to gratitude. Okay. Um, yeah. So how, <laughs> I'm glad you're bringing this back. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. It's good though. We have these rabbit trails that are very relevant, but um, when it comes to gratitude, how do we teach teens to be grateful without saying you're so ungrateful or I can't believe you're not grateful or you treat me this way? You know, what are some healthy ways to you're teach just gratitude? Spoiled. Yeah. Right. You spoiled brat. Um, so two things come to my mind right, right off the top of my head. And one of them is modeling gratitude, right? Thanking your team. Thank you for doing the dishes. Thank you for being kind to your sister. Thank you for running that errand for me. I really appreciate it when you do this. I love that you are such a great friend, just being complimentary of the things that you do see. Um, and, you know, thank you. And, and I like to say, try and use other, thank you is a word we're all very familiar with, but sure. try, try and be creative with the way you're thinking. Sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. if you, if you've already got the basic step of thinking, um, I just appreciate it when you do this. I'm grateful when you do this. And um, yeah. that helps. Um, and like what else? I had the other one on the tip of my tongue. Oh, I think a lot of it is um, I'm offering opportunities for service and to kind of look outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. I think um, we went to a, um, a retirement home last year and I've tried to go more regularly, but you'd be surprised how often the nursing home's like, Oh, you want to come at this time, this day? That's not a good time for us. And I'm like, Oh, yes. I don't have a whole lot of flexibility. Uh huh. Okay. So, um, anyway, but I think just getting them outside of themselves, I think teens, there's just so much going on in their heads. And, you know, I, I think selfish and self-absorbed is another negative term that adults like to put on teens. Um, I could go on and on about, the negative talk that happens, which I think could be a self-fulfilling prophecy that really irks me. Yeah. Um, so if you want to go down that rabbit hole, but I think um, helping them see outside because they are by nature in this selfish phase of trying to figure themselves out in the world. And they're so concerned with what other people are thinking of them that it's hard for them to be thoughtful and think of other people. So I think yeah. providing opportunities, whether it's, I always say like the older generation or a super young generation, I think can help build them up and build their confidence when they can interact 
and serve and play and do things. And I think it helps them realize the things that they're grateful for, you know, be grateful. And I think they can be grateful without saying it too. I think let's not assume that they're ungrateful because they're not expressing gratitude. Mm, Yeah. I think is another thing too. Assume the best and then model a better way if you want them to maybe express it differently. Just model that for them. I really like that answer. Yeah. That's good. Um, Okay. So in terms of um, creating opportunities to have fun with your kids that are more planned, um, you mentioned kind of those like 10 minute spurts that you set your phone, you set the alarm and then it goes off and then, you know, you go connect with them for 10 minutes um, and that's planned. What about more um, like planned times, maybe even like weeks or months in advance when it comes to family vacation or even not just a vacation, but, um, a time, you know, dates with them, time away from home with them. Can you talk about, um, how to be more intentional about that? Yeah. I think you can kind of look at it on a, you know, you can look at the daily level. Okay. 10 minutes every day. You can look at a weekly level. I'm, you know, going to try and do something Sunday afternoon, maybe a little bit, we'll play a family game. We try to do family games on Sunday afternoon seems to be a a good time for us to be able to do that. Um, I've really tried to encourage, and I've heard other people say, oh, um, you know, dad takes the girls out on a date once a month, um, mm-hmm. or, and he'll do it. I, I actually have a friend who's, he would do it for all of the kids, which it's planning ahead. You no, know, it's just right. like, you know, a couple's date night. We're going to go yes. every Friday night. You can say the, the second Thursday or something, you know, uh-huh. the teens are doing weekend stuff with their friends. Try not to maybe take a Friday or a Saturday night. Be thoughtful mm-hmm. of that. Um, and you know, plan to go out for a meal. You pick the, you pick the meal, you pick the place. I think, um, whether it's mom or dad, I guess I just feel like it's tricky because, um, just depending on the family dynamics and, you know, if mom is home or not, um, Mm -hmm. sometimes dad just doesn't get to spend as much time. And so those friends of ours, like I said, would do the monthly Dad date. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think just kind of say, okay, day, week, month, year, and just kind of figure out what, what can we do to fill in these holes? Looking at it that way. Yeah. Um, so like a monthly outing, a weekly game night. And like I said, I love vacations. And 10 years ago when my kids were a little bit younger, we couldn't afford much. And so we would do the, the local staycation where, you know, I kind of look, Airbnb or whatever and find something two hours away and we just go for two nights uh-huh. but it was enough that it was away from the house away from the friends down the street away from everything and I would look for a, I would just call it a cabin in the woods and um you know look there were a certain criteria I guess that I would look for but um just playing games in the house going on walks or hikes close by going to super small town restaurants mm-hmm. and you know whatever the town had to offer that we were visiting but nice I, love you know, that. I, I just I don't know I love getting away some people say oh vacations and teens just want to be in their earphones and you know they're still on you still on their devices and um I, I don't know there's just so much involved in it. it's every situation is so different but I think um just trying to engage them in conversation to where they want to be a part of it Right. They, they don't want to be a part of the conversation that's planning their future or, you know, <laughs> how to be responsible. They want to be a part of the conversation that's 
I don't know, something that they love. If they love the soccer, talk about the soccer stars. If they love the movies, talk about the movie stars. Um, uh, And that's why games are always good because games are play and fun without Mm -hmm. conversation. And one of my kids isn't a big conversationalist. And I would ask questions and they'd be like, I don't know. Like they don't, they didn't have thoughts enough. (laughs) I have so many thoughts in my head. I can talk for hours and hours and hours without anybody even asking me a question. And so I would ask questions and they'd be like, I don't even, I can't even think of an answer. And I I couldn't tell if they were annoyed or bugged. And then I realized they just don't think like I do. Yeah. And everyone's just different in that way. And so, um, just finding other things to talk about that doesn't require them to think too hard. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, this has been so good. Um, could you point, uh, parents, people with teens to your resources? Um, we know that you have resources, so maybe give us a little insight, you know, where could they find more of you? Okay. So I am very active on Instagram. I like to share posts and reels of instruction and then my stories. I'll go a little further and then I'll say, this is what's going on in our lives. And people just are, you know, fascinated by what's going on. I'm fascinated by what's going on in people's lives. So <laughs> yeah. and when I go on vacation, I say, this is what we're doing. If you go to this spot, maybe you'll enjoy going here. Nice. Um, so Instagram is Kristen Duke Chats. Okay. Where I just chat it up every single day. Um, my website, <laughs> kristenduke.com has is where you can get, I I talked about the intentional connection playbook and it actually, it's for all ages, but it says for teens, but it really is something that is for kids of all ages. Um, How to to better connect fun kind of unique ways that maybe outside of the box that you can connect and have fun with your teens, kids, whatever age. And people can get that for free. They just go to kristenduke.com and they put in their email address and they can download the intentional connection playbook, little free mini ebook. Yes. And, and I do have your email on file and I, my ideal is to send out a weekly newsletter and I probably only do it once a month. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) But I've got other stuff too. I've got a, I've got a connection course and I've got a sibling rivalry course because I know parents stress about Mm. siblings and then I've got some conversation cards that kind of help drum up intentional conversation. Nice. So I like to say, so it's not the parents asking the questions, it's the cards asking the questions uh-huh. and everybody can answer. So yeah, you can, all of that's on my website that you can see. Very Excellent. Cool. Okay. So folks, you can find that link in the show notes and you can go check out those resources. So Kristen, we're going to close the podcast and we're going to close it like we close all of our podcasts. And that is by asking you to rewind back to your first couple years of marriage and ask yourself, um, what advice do I wish I would have received? And then fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Okay. Let's see. I, I should have thought about this ahead of time because I did see that you wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But I, didn't, I didn't play it ahead very well. On the spot's okay. okay too. On the spot's fine with me. I uh, do that often. Um, you know, I think it's just helpful to know that um, I think when I got married, I just thought I was all going to be smooth sailing because we really love each other and we're compatible and <laughs> all these great things. And, um, I think it, I, you know, it's just important to normalize differences in opinions and normalizing not liking each other sometimes 
and normalizing being in a really hard place and feeling like, I don't, I don't even want to hang out with you right now, but I believe in us and I believe in our long term and I believe in, you know, our family togetherness. And I know it's important for me to be happy, for us to be happy, for our family to be happy to um, keep trying and to keep working. And I think any relationship long term is challenging, let alone someone that you share a bathroom with and share, you know, everything in the house with and finances. It's a tricky, it it is the most complicated relationship. And because there's so much sharing, there has to be a lot of give and take. And Mm -hmm. um, it's just part of the process and it's tough. It's tough for everyone, even if they're not talking about it. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's a good (laughs) takeaway. A lot of people don't talk about how tough it is for them, right? So normalize that it's going to get tough sometimes and that's okay, but stay committed. Yeah. So good. Thank you, Kristen. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. Of course. Took a lot of stuff uh, away from this and uh, we will be applying this in about... 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Applying it on the way to on 10 years. On the way years, to 10 years. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. The preteen time is an easy time to neglect, mm. but keep, keep on it. Keep the connection going and it'll Through. help for years. Yeah. Yes. So Excellent. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you, Kristen. You're welcome. Have a good day. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.